you're listening to the Careers BU podcast, a podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello and welcome to the Careers BU podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor at BU. In today's episode, I chat to BU alumni Tom Yates. Tom graduated in 2022 from Bournemouth University and went on to secure a job on the civil service fast stream. In this episode, we chat about the experience he's gained so far on the scheme, what he felt set him apart during the selection process, and tells me some fantastic tips for applying. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So can you just introduce yourself and your background, please? Yeah, so I'm Tom. I studied at BU from 2018 till 2022, and I graduated last year. I studied international business. Uh, I'm currently working for the civil service on the Fast Stream, which is their graduate program. Uh, I've just started my second year, and I'm in my second posting now. Before you came to Bournemouth University, what did you study? So yeah, at college, I did four A-levels. I did law, chemistry, psychology, and IT. Didn't go great. I ended up failing three out of four. I only passed IT because I've never been good at exams. I don't know why I chose such difficult ones, to be honest. But I ended up switching after that to BTEC. So I ended up switching to BTEC Business and Finance. And on that, I ended up getting a distinction star in every every unit I did on that. Because I think BTEC just suited me a lot better. Like It was just assignments. So I remember it's a while ago now, but I remember just going to the library with like coffee and just cranking out assignment after assignment listening to music and podcasts, which to me seems way better than sitting a three-hour exam in the sports. So yeah, I did that. And then I didn't immediately go to uni after that because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I had a job anyway. I was working at a ledger center for a while, ended up becoming the manager there. I worked there for three and a bit years before I went to uni. So yeah, didn't have the sort of typical sixth form uni path at 18 that a lot of people have. But I think a lot from it and I wasn't ready to go at 18 anyway so and that's really interesting because I think sometimes some people feel that you need like really exceptional A-level grades to get into the graduate you know certain graduate schemes or that they won't accept BTECs and actually that's just a reflection that they do accept BTECs absolutely yeah excellent okay so so for, the, for those who maybe haven't heard about the civil service fast stream you said it's a graduate program or graduate scheme so can you just tell me a little bit more about what what the civil service fast stream is, kind of what it involves. Yeah, so it's kind of like an accelerated uh, leadership development program is what they call it. Um, and it's three to four years in length, depending on what scheme you go on to. There's about 15 different schemes from like, there's a commercial scheme, there's a finance scheme, uh, there's a policy scheme, there's, there's many different ones. Um, and I'm on the project delivery scheme. So during that time, you do a posting in a government department, either one year or six months, uh, which I'm sure we'll come on to. And then every year you sort of rotate to a new department and then you start a new role. So you'll have a complete new team, completely new role. And the idea is to get as much experience as possible for you then at the end of the scheme um, to basically be promoted into like a senior management role. And sort of the idea of the scheme is that it's impossible to get that much experience in such a short space of time unless you're on the scheme. Um, because you can't move around departments that quickly if you weren't on the on the graduate scheme. Okay, so you you rotate around different departments. You get a really great understanding, I guess, of yeah different departments, different roles, stuff like that. Um, so 
can we talk through a little bit more detail about the departments you've you worked in? So when you first started the civil service fast stream, what were you, what department were you in? What what were you doing? For sure, yeah, I've just done my first uh, posting, which was a year in the MOD, uh, Ministry of Defence. I was based at Army Headquarters in Andover, which is not that far away from Bournemouth. And I was sort of in a project support role, which I'd never done before. I have no, literally no experience in project management whatsoever. Um, I didn't even do the project management pathway at BU, which is, uh, kind of regretted that in hindsight. But um, I like the international pathway as well. But yeah, I was on, I was in the MOD. I was working on a programme called the Armed Forces Recruitment Programme. It was one of the government's biggest projects at the moment there's like a, a a list of major projects called the gmpp the government major project portfolio and this was a two billion pound project uh to sort of in-house recruitment for the armed forces the three services the army the navy and the air force under one digital solution that's like a very short short explanation it's a lot more complicated than that really but that's what i did for my first year and then i've just started my second year posting which is a sixth month complementary posting so complementary means i'm doing something that's not project delivery for six months they sort of send you outside project delivery to get a bit more experience now i'm in a policy role for six months uh, at the department for leveling up housing and local communities which is a bit of a mouthful we call it DLUC for short and there i'm working on the renters reform bill which has been in the news recently and a part of that specifically that i'm working on is the implementation of a new ombudsman, which is like a body you can go to if you have a dispute with your landlord or letting agent or whatever. There's currently one for like the social housing sector, but there's not one for the private rented sector that I'm working on at the moment, which is really interesting because I rent, so it relates directly to me as well. Yeah, you can see the impact that might have. Exactly, yeah. And I was a little bit confused about, surely that's a, that's a conflict of interest, but in the civil service, you're expected to be impartial and obviously unbiased at all times. So even if you're working on something that directly affects you. And I've seen that actually in the, you mentioned about the impartiality in when you apply to the civil service or when you look on their website, it isn't about being part of a party. It is working for the government. And like you said, being impartial, isn't it? Yeah. So the phrase is, is that we serve the government of the day. So it doesn't matter what party gets in at the next election, like we, we serve them and their priorities. So yeah, we're not political advisors, like politicians do have political advisors called SPADs. We work with them, but we're not political at all. We're there to give like the most impartial advice and our best recommendation. Having said that, though, what's quite interesting is we are, we can push back when we either think something is not right, either because it's not value for money, like taxpayers' money is obviously very important, um, and we try and, and strive to do have value for money in everything we do, or we don't think it will work for a logistical reason, like resource or staffing, or it might not even be legal. So there's like different considerations there. So but at the end of the day, uh, ministers can just ignore your advice if they want to, because that's their prerogative. So they're the elected officials. We're obviously not elected by anyone. So Okay. So you said, how long did you say this placement's going to be for? So this is only six months. So from October to April next year. Okay. And where, where did you say it's based? Uh, the Department for Leveling Up. So I'm currently based in London, in Westminster, which is quite cool. It's quite a nice commute. And in just terms of when you're going around these different places, where do you live when you're do you, like, are you commute, staying at home? Are you commuting from there? Kind of what happens in terms of accommodation? Yeah. So on the fast stream, like you are expected to be mobile and it is expected that you'd move at least once during the scheme. So for my first year posting, I moved to Andover, which is like a small town in Hampshire where Army HQ was. And I'm like renting there at the moment. Uh, but what's good is that the fast stream gives you financial assistance. So you can claim up to £2,000 um, in relocation costs. And then when you move into your second year posting, 
if you decide you can then claim again two thousand pounds to move again if you have to move or um, if you can commute if your next postseason when commutable distance they will essentially pay for your commute it's a little bit more complicated than that but they'll sort of pay the difference between what your original commute was and what your new commute is so that's quite that's quite nice so i'm i'm go, I'm, a tr- I'm getting the train into london which is only an hour from andover um when i do go into the office um i don't have to pay for it so that's obviously nice considering how expensive trains are at the moment so then after this six months what what then what happens next so my next posting is another six months. Um, the second year of the project delivery scheme is split up into two six months and I'll be doing a secondment. So I'll be going to an external organization. It could be public sector. So it could be like, for example, people have gone to the Metropolitan Police, various NHS trusts, uh, local councils. Uh, it could be in the private sector. Uh, we work quite closely with a consultancy firm. So it's really varied what you can do in your second year, which is why I really like the PD scheme, because you get such a breadth of experience as well. So you can figure out what you like and what you don't like as well, which is also really important. And that'll be another six months from April to October next year. Okay. And then after that, it does is that towards the end of it then? So October next year, I'll be starting my... Oh, God, third year. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in my third year then, which seems really scary. It's flying by. And that's, again, that's, and then that goes back to yearly placements. So that'll be another year. And then to be honest, the project delivery scheme is four years, but a lot of people do leave early and don't complete the four years um, because you can apply for like what's called early exit, I think it's called. Uh, they keep changing the name, but essentially to get that promotion to a senior management role in the civil service, it's called grade seven. So it's the next grade up from what I am. You can apply to have your end of scheme assessment early. So you essentially do what is like a long interview at the end of the scheme to see if you're ready for that promotion. After the third year, I believe, you can apply to do it early. So you don't necessarily have to do the full four years. Some people do, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people get that early exit after the third year or during the third year. Okay. So, it, and are all the schemes for, no, I mean, obviously, if, if you don't finish early, are they all kind of four years? Um, it varies. And it's, it's they're doing a big relaunch for 2024. So it's changing a lot. Um, but all the details, like the up-to-date details are on the website. I don't want to give like... Um, information so some of them are three years some of them are three and a half years and some of them are still four years but there's there's 15 different schemes i can't like recall them all there's so many <laughs> what made you choose this screen uh so i didn't actually choose it which is funny um so when you apply which is really good you get a choice of four and you can order them in your preference so my first choice is actually the diplomatic scheme which is essentially like training to become a diplomat or an ambassador and work in the foreign office which is what i really wanted to do um, but that's as you can probably expect, that's insanely competitive and hard to get onto because so many people want to do it because it's so cool and interesting because you get to travel a lot, you get a diplomatic passport, you get to work at embassies abroad. But I didn't get on that one and there's very limited spaces, but my second choice is project delivery. So I'm really glad I got on my second choice. Um, and then you also get a third and a fourth choice as well. So that, that's what's good about the application process. Like, Don't be disheartened if you don't get your first choice because you might get your second, third or fourth choice. So there's plenty of opportunities there. I was just going to say that a lot of companies now are moving away from you studied this, so you have to do this job. So I had a lot of questions about this yesterday at a careers fair was like, oh, I'm doing a marketing degree or I'm doing criminology. What can I do in the civil service? We're sort of moving away from the model of like, you have to have a first or a two one. If a lot of schemes, there was two one or two two in anything, so literally could be anything. As long as it's an undergraduate degree that's recognized, like you'll be eligible to apply because kind of the point of the fast stream is not to specialize you. It's a leadership development program. So they're wanting to build the future leaders of the civil service in whatever that may be. So it's more sort of about building your character and your leadership skills rather than pigeonholing you too early in your career. So that's what's really good about it. 
as well. I like that. Mm, excellent. Okay, so actually, let's talk about the recruitment process then. So, what steps did you have to go through in that recruitment process? Yeah, I applied in my final year of uni. It's a long process, about six months long. Uh, so the applications are open now. They close on the 9th of November. It's anonymized. Uh, it's an anonymized application process. So. You don't do a cover letter, you don't upload a CV, you don't actually speak to another person until the assessment's in the stage. So you just go on the website and you upload your details, right to work in the UK, all that sort of stuff. And then the first stage is like online tests. So it's like a situational judgment test, which everyone hates, but you can practice them online. There are free tests online, which is what I did a lot. Um, and it will give you like a scenario and there'll be like four options of what to choose. And there's always one really silly one. But yeah, there'll, there'll be options to choose how you would react in this situation. Once you go through that, you go through to the second stage, which is the psychometric tests, I believe. Depending on what scheme you apply for, it's different. But on project delivery, I had to do like a maths-based one, I think. It's a while ago now. And they're not timed as well. So you can take as long as you want to complete the tests. And my advice would be to definitely like practice them online where you can find like free websites. Because it's simply just a way of whittling down the numbers. It's not to test whether your ability at the job or not. Fastream gets, I think, about 10,000 applications every year for not about 900 roles. So they just need a way to whittle down the numbers. But yeah, so you do the, you do the psychometric tests. After that, you'll go to the assessments at the stage, which used to be in person. It's now fully virtual. It's the first time you'll actually speak to someone else. Um, it's like a half-day virtual assessment center with three activities. The leadership exercise, which is like assessing your qualities as like a leader. It's like a sort of an interview. Then there's a team exercise and then there's a written exercise. And the written exercise, uh, at least when I did it, it might have changed now. When I did it, it was like a mock written scenario, like a submission that we do to like ministers. So it was a, a six page document about um, mine was like public transport in Barcelona and could be like basically implemented in London, I think. And you had to like analyze the document. Uh, you had like 20 minutes or whatever. And then you had to write some, a mock submission of like pros and cons. Here's what, here's how it could work. Here's, drawbacks could we fund it who would it impact etc cetera, etc cetera, and then make a recommendation to the to the minister and that was the written exercise after that some schemes if you progress the assessments and some schemes have a final selection board which sounds really scary but it's honestly not mine was basically just a 20 minute chit chat uh, with two assessors about sort of public sector projects and did i know any examples of any um so i'd recommend like reading up about like public sector projects what the government's doing what bills they're trying to pass if you get to that stage and then that was it really i was really nervous for my assessments and, and my final selection board and they were honestly not that bad at all i actually spilled coffee on myself during my assessments <laughs> oh, no. and I still went through. so yeah that wasn't fun but i i got my i actually got my offer like two or two and a half hours after my final selection board so i, I thought it was a mistake at first but yeah so i got very lucky to get in get in first time but what i would say is a couple of points if you don't get in the applications open every year. So as long as you've got an undergraduate degree, you can still apply. And you only need a 2-2 for some schemes. Some schemes are a 2-1. They're changing it at the moment, I think. The second thing is that if you get to the assessment centre, but you don't quite make it, what they do is they keep your details for up to two years, I think. And they may just offer you a job anyway, what's called a direct appointment. So this is like equivalent grade with a fast streamer, but not on the fast stream. So you'd be a permanent employee of that department. And I know a few people who have gotten through direct appointment. And the good thing about that is sometimes the direct appointment jobs, because you're a permanent employee, you're paid by the department and not the fire stream. So you could actually be paid more than a fire streamer. And third point, lastly, um, they grade you on what's called civil service behaviors at the assessment center, um, which are on Google. You can just Google it. It's called civil service behaviors. They grade you at HEO level, which is 
what you'd come in, in at as a graduate. And basically, as long as you can learn those, learn the behaviors and then give examples of where you've demonstrated the behaviors, the star format, so like situation, task, action, result, you'll do very well. So if you can read the behaviors, think of examples either at uni, work or a sports team or whatever, it, ha- it can be from anywhere where you've shown the behaviors. And then like some behaviors, I'll just give like a quick example. Leadership is always one, seeing the bigger picture, delivering at pace, communicating and influencing. And they're all things like that. If you can demonstrate those behaviors, you'll do really, really well at the assessment center. So that's probably the best advice I can I can give. Brilliant. They're brilliant insiders tips. Thank you for those. Um, really, really useful. And I think like you mentioned about looking up those behaviours is so important. Any graduate scheme, they typically assess you against a certain standard of competencies or behaviours. So understanding them is really, really key and providing that evidence like you mentioned. Um, and using the STAR technique, if anyone missed that, the STAR technique is a way of structuring your interview answers. Um, so yeah, brilliant tips there. Thank you. Well, what's good about the civil service is that we tell you like what you're being graded on. So they, we, it's like very transparent, like it's published online. I think a lot of private sector companies, you go to like an interview assessment and you've got no idea what they're looking for. But like we literally say, we, we want these behaviours. So it's it's very transparent, which is, which is nice. I think that sets it apart from some other schemes. And what did you do? You mentioned about using you know evidence to explain how you um, meet those behaviours. So what experience did you draw upon? What have you done maybe through university or um, outside of university that you could have drawn upon? Yeah, so I think there are two big things that I like literally banged on about um, at my assessment centre in my interview, like nonstop, which were I did study abroad. I got to live in Germany for uh, almost two years, way, way longer than, than I expected to because of covid and then my placement at hpe uh, hewlett packard enterprise um that really helped because i think doing doing study abroad really set me apart from maybe some of the other applicants and especially because i lived abroad during the pandemic like obviously a very tough time it like showed my like resilient skills like making quick decisions under pressure that sort of thing and then my uh, placement which i did while i was abroad 2020 to 2021 really helped as well because you obviously have to get onto your placement there. Like they're quite a reputable company, demonstrates like a certain level of like skills and knowledge. And then, um, yeah, work, working abroad, which was in a very in a very tough year, a very demanding job, um, that definitely helped. I definitely recommend anyone to do study abroad because it 100% sets you apart. And if you can learn a foreign language as well, even just a little bit, that also sets you apart as well. Okay, brilliant tips. And actually, yeah, we've got the, um, if anyone is interested in studying abroad, we offer semesters to study abroad at BU, like, you know, and we use, it's now the Turing Fund that um, helps the funding for that. So um, yeah, we have a global team, a quick plug of them. Uh, so yeah, brilliant. I think they will be pleased that you uh, you had a great experience as well for that. Yeah, I studied that in, uh, in, in Heidelberg in Germany. So definitely recommend it to anyone. It's amazing, amazing. Okay, so you obviously made the most of your time at university by taking on something like study abroad. Um, and your placement really really key yeah definitely like doing study abroad was, is the big one that's that's the one that helped the most and that changed me quite a lot I think I was think I was a different person when I came back from from Germany because I was there for so long I, I don't want to go on too long but I'll just explain really quickly what happened so I, I went there in February 2020 obviously in March 2020 went into lockdown so I ended up staying there for way longer than I expected I was enjoying it so much as well and the weather was so good and it was so cheap to live out there. Um, so my placement started while I was abroad. They actually sent me a laptop to Germany and I did my whole year out in Germany 
then I got vaccinated out there and then I was able to come back to the UK. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a crazy year. And I also met my girlfriend out there as well. So yeah. It was a good, good all round experience. It was a good year. Yeah, I sort of had a wild year where it wasn't the best of times for everyone, but I was yeah, sort of having an interesting year. Excellent. And I guess, yeah, being adapting to that different environment and all the issues that were going on at the time with the pandemic um, really develops a lot of lot of skills as well, doesn't it? Um, brilliant. OK, so what's next for you? I mean, obviously, we've talked about, you know, you, you'll be going, you've got quite a few more placements to do. But do you have a goal at the end of it? Would you is there a particular department you'd like to end up in? What would you like to be doing in the civil service? To be honest, I'm not one of those people that has like a five or 10 year plan. Uh, I'm definitely not going to finish the fast stream and then see what my options are. So like I mentioned earlier, I'd love to work in like a foreign office role. So anything to do with sort of international relations, which is very relevant at the moment, given what's going on in the world. That would really interest me. I'd love to work abroad again. That's sort of what led me to apply to, to on the diplomatic scheme because I wanted to use my time abroad. I thought that'd be useful. Ended up didn't, didn't get on that scheme, but got on project delivery. Um, so, so that that that's something that interests me. I mentioned earlier about the SPADs that are like the political advisors. So I, this is like something that I didn't actually realise. I what SPADs do, who are the political advisors? I thought that's what civil servants do. So I actually went into it thinking I'd be more of a SPAD. So those jobs are very hard to get because you basically have to know a minister or an MP and work in their private office. But I'd love to do that one day as well. And I think given now I've got my foot in the door basically via the project delivery scheme. Um, you don't have to do project delivery for the rest of your life if you get in through the project delivery scheme. You've got your foot in the door like in two years' time or, or year and a half's time. I'm going to have like so much experience on my CV and a secondment and all these experiences and training. I didn't even mention the training as well. So they pay for you to do a project management course once a year. Um, you could do like MSP or Prince or, or I did MSP this year. So I'm going to have all that on my CV I don't want to say you can walk into a job because you can't walk into any job, but you're going to be like a very attractive candidate to any any employer. So, yeah, that's why I'm so grateful that I got on the scheme and, and so lucky. Well, well done, because, you know, the numbers that you said at the beginning of how many apply and how many get on, you obviously have done really, really well to get your place on that scheme. So congratulations. And I'm glad it's going well for you. And I think it just does show that, you know, I think it's it's a it's good to show at Bournemouth University students and grads that, you know they can do it and it's it is worth applying isn't it and giving it a shot absolutely yeah no BU gave me a lot so I wanted to, to give something back because yeah without them I wouldn't have been able to live abroad I wouldn't have got my degree obviously so they like yeah changed my life basically going to university without a doubt so something else I would quickly just mention I've just remembered so when you're applying the there's certain boxes you can tick at the application stage um, so if you're from an ethnic minority background, a low socioeconomic background, which I am, if you're neurodiverse, if you've got a disability, they are very, very keen to have more people from these backgrounds apply um, to make it, you know, broaden it out for everyone. So please, please do apply because they're very keen to hear from that. And if you've got like, for example, I'm neurodiverse as well. And I said at my interview, like, this is how it helps me analyze information. This is how it helps me, you know, think of pros and cons, think of impacts, whatever it may be. Um, that really helped as well because traditionally the civil service is seen as a bit of a stuffy thing you either only get into the civil service you went to Oxford or Cambridge but it's, it's really not like that anymore you still do get those people sometimes and that's absolutely fine as well but they're really keen to sort of broaden out to more universities and more backgrounds as well mm. that's really good to know and I think it was good to know about how you were open able to talk about 
um, you know, you said you're a neurodiverse and you were able to talk about that in your interview and draw the strengths from that as well. So they're, and they are accepting of, they want to, they want to have different people to represent the community as well, don't they? Talking about that, do they, I think they offer internships, don't they? Specific, you know, if you, if you meet specific eligibility, are you aware of that? Yeah, so I think this is something that's now changing. So go to the website for the latest details. But I was speaking about this at a careers fair I was at yesterday. They do offer the summer internship program, which is like six to eight weeks. And they pay you about £400 a week as well. And it would be tax-free, obviously, which is quite nice. Um, and it's essentially just shadowing with a little bit of work thrown in as well. You go into a department, you'll have like a mentor. It's more to sort of make the connections and stuff. And that was... the Like, when I applied, it might have changed now. So like I said, check the website. But when I applied... If you were from one of those backgrounds, you went straight to the interview and you didn't have to do all the assessment stages and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that was called the Summer Diversity Internship Program, I believe. SDIP was the acronym. Definitely check that out. If you're in your second year and you're looking for a placement, definitely check that out as well. Brilliant. I'll put links to that in the notes for the podcast too. Well, thank you so much. It's been really interesting hearing about your experience, about the recruitment process, and also just hearing about you know what you did at university to help you into into the civil service so um yeah thank you so much for your time today no worries thank you thank you for listening today please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes